0: One of the most effective ways of amplifying that message is through PR. The more people understand about cyber threats and understand how they can protect themselves or know what to do if they've fallen foul of cyber crime, the better. And and, and PR allows you to reach that audience, it allows you that platform, whether that's providing commentary on on current affairs or breaking news stories that are related to cyber, cyber threats or cyber attacks. Or whether that's positioning thought leadership or talking to journalists about particular business or organisational problems that, that are currently being faced. It, the PR mechanism to, to be able to reach
1: those different parts of audience types is, is, is really important for us. That was today's guest, Stuart Reed, Director of Product and Marketing at Orange Cyber Defence. I'm Dan Paris, and welcome to the Digital Communicators Podcast a monthly show which investigates issues affecting the tech sector from a PR and marketing standpoint. For episode three today, we're joined by Stuart as our very first external guest. Myself and Simon Coughlin from Babel will be chatting to Stuart about the importance of PR to Orange cyber defence, how vital quick reactions are from a comms perspective to data breaches, as well as a general discussion on the cybersecurity threat landscape. I'll hand over to Simon to kick us off with some questions.
2: Thanks very much again to, to Stuart for joining us. Stuart and I have been working since uh, Stuart joined Orange Cyber Defence last summer, and it's been a, a very busy few months. So yeah, we're really delighted to to welcome Stuart to today's podcast, just in terms for for everyone who's listening in, Babel had been working previously with Secure Data, which is was a UK-based cybersecurity company. We've been working with Secure Data for some time, and then in 2019, Secure Data was um, acquired by Orange, the big. French telecom company, and that subsequently moved to the rebrand into Orange Cyber Defense UK, which has been the public brand over the past year or so. We've been working with Stuart on a PR campaign in the UK since he joined. So perhaps Stuart, do you just want to kick off by giving a bit about your career background and how you came to join Orange Cyber Defense?
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much for, for having me on today. Um, uh, re- really looking forward to having the chat. But yeah, as you mentioned, I, I've been with Orange Cyber Defense for almost a year now. I was brought on after the acquisitions of Secure Link and Secure Data, as you mentioned, and also SensePost took place and uh, were brought together successfully to form Orange Cyber Defense in the UK. So I was brought on to lead the product and marketing efforts to help elevate the brand, create the the brand awareness of the new brand in the marketplace, and also to to position our portfolio of services to our customers and, and demonstrate how we can help them with their cybersecurity decisions.
2: Yeah, so certainly not a small task, Stuart, bearing in mind, obviously, the the huge number of cybersecurity companies, both in the UK and internationally. So launching the Orange Cyber Defence brand into the UK, obviously a number of challenges faced along the way. And certainly that's been combined with what has been a a hugely dramatic last 12 months with COVID. Clearly, COVID has had a a huge impact on the type of threats which a lot of organizations face in terms of cyber attacks, data breaches. So how have, has that combination of COVID and trying to launch this brand into the UK, what have been the main challenges and, and how have you overcome them? As you say, the
0: last 12 months has been pretty extraordinary for everybody. We found ourselves in this lockdown situation where almost overnight, organisations have had to introduce a work from home policy in order to, to continue business. The, the way we work as a result of that is, has fundamentally changed in that time. And you know, if I recall the, the where I started my career in cybersecurity, which was about 15 years ago, right back when it was simply known as, as IT security, and of course, back then, it wasn't exactly a conversation starter at dinner parties. Not many people really knew what it was. Whereas you fast forward to today and what's happened over the last 12 months, you know, it, it's more commonly known today as cybersecurity, and there seems to be a far more awareness and also a, genuine interest, which I guess is really a sign of the times, sign of what's happened certainly in the last 12 months. And really, cybersecurity is growing in importance in almost everything that we do day to day. In the last 12 or so months, we've been in this situation where video conferencing has become the norm and seeing people face to face has has almost been unheard of in that last year. And as I mentioned, I joined the business more or less 12 months ago. So it was really in the midst of the pandemic and I've not actually met any of my team yet in in full 3D, which seems crazy when you say it, it's become normal. And that in turn has had a massive impact on cybersecurity because we're so reliant now on technology without doubt. We've got this huge remote workforce all relying on technology. And of course, with this reliance, comes a much larger attack surface for cyber criminals to exploit. So cybersecurity really needs to be placed front and centre to enable this overall business continuity that that we've seen kind of mushroom and balloon and and enable it to, to remain safe and secure and also scalable for the longer term.
2: Yes, it's certainly been a very tumultuous year, as you say. Just looking more specifically at some of the marketing campaigns that you've been introducing into Orange Cyber Defense and some of the tactics, what do you think have been perhaps two or three of the the most important tactics from a marketing perspective for you? So really, the the brand itself, Orange Cyber Defense, really launched
0: itself at, at the beginning of the pandemic. So there was a lot of more traditional campaigns planned face-to-face launches that kind of thing which of course all had to get turned on its head really quickly so it's been no mean feat establishing launching a brand in the midst of a pandemic and I think it's been the agility to really turn on its head some of the campaign elements that that we would normally have done this kind of traditional notion of of getting together face to face has been transcended by this digital communications piece so being able to launch and amplify the message. In a digital way, utilising social media, utilising the journalists and trade press and provide digital content and also thought leadership, because it's not just about awareness of a brand. You've also got to create a level of credibility there as well. People need to know what it is you stand for and how you can help them with their business challenges. And we've had to reach our market through digital means. And we've had a number of different things that we've done. We've created virtual events, if you like, and that's not just the the typical webinars. Of course, a lot of content within those webinars is really well received. It's a credible part of the overall marketing mix, but we've also done more hybrid events. So we've done virtual lunch and learns, virtual wine tasting sessions, uh, different ways to engage an audience, which predominantly is now so dispersed and remote. That They're actually looking for different ways of being able to engage with other people and also different organizations. So that's really helped us to engage as far as we can without that face to face communication. And it's worked really well for us so far.
2: And looking more specifically at the PR element of of the marketing mix, how important from your perspective and your experience over the past year has PR been uh, with helping to raise brand awareness? Oh, it, it, it's vitally important.
0: To my last point, awareness of you as an organisation is critical in the first instance. People need to know who you are. And one of the most effective ways of amplifying that message is through PR. The more people understand about cyber threats and understand how they can protect themselves or know what to do if they've fallen foul of cyber crime, the better. And, and, and PR allows you to reach... That audience, it allows you that platform, whether that's providing commentary on on current affairs or breaking news stories that are related to cyber, cyber threats, or cyber attacks, or whether that's positioning thought leadership or talking to journalists about particular business or organizational problems that that are currently being faced. It the PR mechanism to, to be able to reach those different parts of audience types is, is, is really important for us.
1: We just wanted to take a moment out of today's episode to discuss a recently successful campaign we've worked on at Babel. To talk about this further, I'm going to hand over to one of Babel's directors, Katie Finn. This week, we worked with digital experience company Acquia to publicize some research we'd commissioned looking at consumers and marketers' attitudes to Apple's app tracking transparency feature. We went out initially with some research findings resulting in Fantastic piece of coverage in the likes of Campaign, the the top marketing trade. And subsequently, after the launch of Apple's app tracking transparency, we issues jumped the news, commenting and leveraging Acquia's findings that resulted in a, a number of pieces of great coverage in the likes of Verdict and Silicon UK. But crucially, that led to Acquia being invited to speak on BBC Tech Tent podcast, which is going live next week. If you'd like to hear more about the work we've been doing with Acquia, or you think we might be able to help your business get the message out to the media, then don't hesitate to get in touch at inquiries at babelpr.com. Now back to today's episode with Stuart.
2: You mentioned the the fact that we've been doing a great deal of responding to breaking news stories over the past year. So, for example, last summer when there was the big hack on Twitter, we managed to get you on BBC World News. How important, in your view, is that agency-client relationship in terms of making sure you're given the opportunity to be part of those stories?
0: It's really important because we do have additional context to be able to add some of those stories and that's the important part it's, it's not just repeating the story and what's happened it's actually uh, breaking that down a little bit further and looking at perhaps you know, what does that mean for others? What can we learn from that? And and how can people better protect themselves in the future and minimise their own risks? So having that platform to add value to those stories is the most important point. It's not about talking uh, about what's what's happened or pointing fingers. And it's not always necessarily about who's behind the attack. It, It really is about raising the general awareness of the type of attacks. The prevalence of cyber criminals and the importance of understanding the role that you play within good cybersecurity hygiene, really important, but also fundamental messages and points. And so the the more that we're able to amplify and reinforce that to a wider audience, the the better, Uh, and being able to work with a PR agency that is well-connected within the industry and is able to assist us in navigating our way through through the, the kind of the stories, but also the right outlets for us to reach the intended audience is something that, that we hold in really
1: high regard. Stuart, quick question, especially uh, coming to this as someone who doesn't work on the account. I didn't know if you had any anecdotal evidence of say there's been an issues jump, which the team have put out, you're quoted in a big national title, Have there been examples when you've then heard from a customer or a prospect from someone who has maybe seen that coverage? Because in our view, it's adding you to the conversation, making you a thought leader on quite a general level. I always find it quite interesting if there's ever been an anecdotal thing of you being approached after someone's read you quoted somewhere
0: it's really interesting actually when you start looking at the relationship between some of the the pieces of commentary or the pieces of content or the interview pieces that we do and and also the relationship between the the web traffic that we see and in a lot of the, the larger news stories you can see almost a direct relationship between the spikes in people visiting the website or wanting to learn more against the the backdrop of a piece of uh, thought leadership or commentary uh, that has had wide exposure. And I think that helps in customers' minds to be able to draw the link between us as an organisation and us as as a cybersecurity partner to be able to assist them. And I think all of this helps to reinforce that message and make it really clear in the minds of the audience what we stand for and and the value that we can bring to customers in terms of them understanding the risks that they want to manage and and identifying those gaps and uh, making recommendations
2: and Stuart, you previously mentioned the fact that you've been doing a lot more virtual events with clients and prospects over the past year. And it's certainly something that that we are doing from a media relations perspective, being unable to get out into London and meet with journalists face to face. We found these virtual uh, media roundtables have been hugely popular. And indeed, last month we did one with yourself. Uh, and your colleague, Van der Velt, and also Lisa Ventura of the UK Cyber Security Association agreed to join the panel. And I think that caliber of panel meant that we were able to attract uh, a group of 10 journalists from Target Media to talk about the impact of the pandemic uh, on cyber threats. What was your experience of, of that event? And, and do you see those virtual media discussions being uh, a common feature, even hopefully once we're out of lockdown? I, I absolutely
0: do. So I, I see that we're moving to a point now that you know, thankfully it looks like there's real light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the lockdown situation, certainly for the UK at least, and people will start to meet face to face again. But I don't think that is is going to see that, that seismic shift from digital just to -to face-to-face again. I think there's going to be that real blend. And actually, it's quite important because a lot of the people that we met at that roundtable, some of them weren't actually based in the UK. So if you'd held that as a physical event, some of the people that we were talking to uh, just wouldn't have been able logistically to have attended. So I think there's a real place and an important place For this kind of virtual attendance and as you say that the caliber of both the panel but also the attendees that we had was really it's really productive there was a lot of open conversation open dialogue and it, it felt really quite natural in terms of a conversation and in terms of an event and i think that's really what is important when you're putting these virtual events together because there isn't a shortage of organizations putting together these kind of virtual panel sessions now but really the, the most important thing is to make sure that the content's and it's something that resonates with the audience because people do have a choice of what they attend and what they don't attend and and whilst it's easier to attend more of these from a remote perspective but from your desk p- people aren't going to just attend anything because it's there that they're really going to want to attend something they think they're going to get value from and so the content of these type of events and these type of structures is is really important.
2: And just looking ahead to the rest of the year, what are are your main objectives for Orange Cyber Defence in the UK? Uh, And perhaps could you give us your dream piece of coverage? Where can we try to secure coverage for yourself over the next few months?
0: Oh gosh, what a question. In terms of <laughs> generally where we're moving towards, we've got uh, a number of awards that we've been put forward for in the industry, which is great. We've actually won a couple of awards already, actually, the biggest. Cybersecurity Brand Growth Award, and also Security Vendor of the Year, which was from Computing Magazine as part of their, their cybersecurity focus. We've got a few more of those that that we're waiting uh, with bated breath to, to hear the results. So I think that's going to keep us quite active. As you said before, breaking news stories, there is no shortage of those. It's almost daily there is something that hits the mainline press that highlights, again, the importance of putting cybersecurity front and centre, and also just highlights the the reality that the digital attack surface has got a lot wider. So I think there's clearly a lot more for us to add value to those discussions as we move into into the the, the latter part of this year. But in terms of dream coverage, wow, what a question. Of course, any coverage that furthers the awareness and ultimately the reduction of cybercrime is great. But if you're really going to push me on this one, who doesn't want to be sitting on that famous red sofa at the BBC? It, it would be great to be talking about cybersecurity as part of the mainstream, because the, the importance of cybersecurity is inherent um, in almost everything uh, that that we do. And for it to be discussed openly as part of mainstream programming would be really so powerful in building that awareness and also practical ways that that people, both organisations and also personally, can reduce their digital risks.
1: Massive thank you to Stuart for joining us on today's episode and we hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed being part of the conversation and it's great news that Stuart's given the Orange Cyber Defence account team at Babel something to aim for the BBC Red Sofa. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.